Welcome to Tales from the Multiverse, where I, Gabe Sluice, will spend you stories from worlds parallel and beyond our own. This week, for our second episode of our second season, I'm going to be reading to you the short story Onyx, which comes from my collection Movement. If you want to download your own free copy of this ebook, you can find it anywhere, such as Barnes & Noble, iBooks, or Smashwords. If you find yourself confused or wanting to know more about what's going on in this short story, I encourage you to look for my novel, Arrow of Time, which can also be found any place that you find movement. Now, on with the story. I hope you enjoy. Onyx. Benno Terrence stood, perplexed, in the middle of the concrete-floored garage. He turned around one more time, confused at the empty space. He fingered the gold coin in his pocket as he checked a storage closet in the corner. Totally empty. Benno closed the door and let his shoulders slump. He shook his head and headed out of the garage. Two steps outside the side door, he was stopped in his tracks. Benno, open the roll-up, would you? Benno cocked his head and frowned. Rolling down the street towards the garage was the robot he had just upgraded. At least it looked just like the bot he had just given a brain. But instead of Professor Vance or his student Tom Gregory... A boy with shaggy, dark hair was riding the robot's arms, positioned to hold him like a chair. A duffel bag was looped across the bot's midsection, and the boy controlled his conveyance with a corded joystick. The pair rolled up to the main door. What is this? Who are you? Is that the Envy signature that I just worked on? Sorry to tell you, Mr. Terrence, but those two are not from a university in America. They had to tell a good story to find someone who could build a brain like you can. Open the roll-up, hey? I want to get this thing off the street, the boy said. Benno was stunned, for there was something about such clear communication coming out of a kid who appeared to be about ten years old. The look on the boy's face made him move. And then it struck him. The child was speaking his native language, Italian. Benno stopped the door halfway up and turned back to the kid. Who are you? Call me Anton. Can we get inside, please? Benno stood on the side as the snake-tracked war robot and its passenger went inside. The boy was lowered to the ground and began to remove the duffel. Benno dropped the door and walked over to the returned robot. He looked the old combat robot over. The more he looked, the less he agreed with his initial assessment that this was the same robot he had just enhanced. There were a few attachment points that had not been as fully stripped as the last robot and none of the new screws he had placed in the other's head. I really want to know what's going on, Benno said, trying to sound forceful. Your services are required once more, Anton announced, digging into the black duffel. I have all the parts necessary for you to augment this robot to the same level as the last. I even have the same style parts you brought from your personal collection. A few things are of higher quality, but that should make no difference. What are you saying? Benno asked, still confused. I need you to put a brain in this robot as well. Same specifications. Everything. You say the professor lied to me, and now you want to do the same thing he tricked me into? Yes, but at least I'm being upfront with you, Anton said. I was told you did it primarily for the money, as you were out of work. I'll give you at least twice what Vance did. The boy stuck a hand under his dark gray, V-shaped, mini serape, and pulled out two gold coins. He flipped both of them to Benno in rapid succession. I heard you quoted 20 hours of work for your last outfitting. 
I'd like it if you could do it in half the time, since you have recent experience with this sort of installation. Benno was blown away. He fixed his gaze on the boy in front of him. He ground the two coins against each other in his closed hand, knocking his knuckles against the single coin in his pocket. How does this child know so much? He asked himself. Each piece of gold was enough to sustain life in Queenstown for two weeks. In one day, he had extended his ability to search for new jobs for a significant amount of time. Or this job could be his ticket to getting completely out of town. All right, Benno said. Lay out exactly for me what you brought. I'll get to work. Excellent. I have some painting to do, Anton said, pulling a small sprayer from the bag. He unscrewed an ivory-colored paint cartridge and attached a dark steel color. He triggered the sprayer twice, clearing the line of the lighter paint. I will try to work around you best that I can. Benno left the garage late that night, still partly confused. He felt used, but the three coins in his pocket kept the feeling of frustration to a minimum. Anton had answered very few of his questions as he worked to paint and repair part of the bot's track. The speed and skill with which the boy had worked was startling and strange. In fact, everything about the day's encounter had been strange, especially the moment he got a peek at the boy's purple eyes. But he needed to get his mind on track. His plans had recently changed with the new knowledge that he was not going to be working for a university in America. It was back to the drawing board, on coming up with a plan. No time to be thinking about the brains he had just placed in the two refurbished war robots. The closet door opened in the back of the garage as soon as Benno had left. Envy rolled out as the young boy was finishing affixing expanding forearm shields to the other bot. The ivory-colored robot rolled up to face its dark-colored brother as the purple-eyed boy stood back. All done, what do you think? He said, not speaking Italian. Do you have any evidence that acquiring a second NV signature was what Vega had in mind when he deceived the keepers and kept the coin? I don't think so. Knowing Vega, he kept the coin because it would be foolish not to. I don't think he anticipated that we would integrate it into your systems or do anything of what we are doing. Why? Do you disagree with this? I have no feelings, as I am not capable. As far as the soundness of the actions, I can find no faults. You were designated as one of my authorized users, and I will follow your commands. Good. Fine. I want your feedback, though. Adding members to our team can only benefit our cause in the long run. Shall we switch them on? Fingers found the switch under the chin of the deactivated robot. It came right to life. I have been authorized two controllers. Please state your name so that I may determine your roles. The flat voice of the war robot spoke, its flat pentagon face bouncing between the two individuals. I am Envy. We are equals. I will designate all persons or entities from whom which we shall follow instructions. Further authorized controllers will be identified at a later date. Envy is an authorized user, the war robot agreed. Your designation is Onyx. Please begin cycling through male voice options. Bang! Zoom! Didn't I tell you that'd be quick? You just heard the short story Onyx. It comes from the collection Movement, which you can find, like I said, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Smashwords, anywhere you want to get your iBooks from. This story ties up a loose end and arrow of time 
or right before they destroy all the war robots in Canada, there are two missing from the line, not just the one who was Envy. So you see that they uh, rescued another one. More time travel. Anyway, once again, thanks for listening. You're on to the second season of Tales from the Multiverse. This season, all the stories are related in the way that they will tie into my upcoming novel I'm working on right now, Behold the Interstice. Hopefully that'll be out soon, and most of these stories will make you more aware of what's going on in that one. So anyway, until next week, you can find me on Twitter, at Gabe Sluice. Tell me some funny jokes. I'll tell you some funny jokes. Yeah, I'll see you guys then.